also got a new album coming out called intruder which i'm super excited for i cannot wait how are you doing man i'm good thank you how are you good good how's it going over there yeah it's raining yeah situation oh, okay. normal for london <laughs> <laughs> i hear you yeah oh my god man i know it's just starting to get like it was like a hundred and something degrees the other day literally i think it was yesterday here and then uh today feels like a brisk september morning and i can't i, I can't adjust <laughs> like really? yeah i might just pick one uh if, if you're british you know that they say that you go through all four seasons every day no matter what season <laughs> it is. pretty true really i, I don't right. i don't live here anymore i actually live in los angeles but you know, you? coming back here yeah yeah i've been in los angeles for about eight eight and a half years now so i come back here usually fairly often but obviously not not for a while because of the pandemic and as soon right. as we landed you know, you, you remember why you left as soon as you <laughs> land. <laughs> it's just cold and miserable in in, in spring. Uh, anyway, yeah, my grandfather's yeah, from uh, from Brighton, and he used to say that like he when once he came to America, he very rarely ever went back. And then when he did come back after he after he'd come back, he'd be like, "I'm not going there again." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's, good. it's lovely, I man. It, it's so yeah. It, it's so pretty because it rains all the time, and it's yeah. very quaint and very cute. You've got the little lanes, and it, it's extraordinarily beautiful. You know, certain times mm -hmm. of the year, but um, but it's it's just pretty depressing, really. Yeah, for, for most of the time, which you know, which suit me as a rule. I, my right <laughs> is pretty I feel like such a bad, like I'm a quarter English and I feel like such a, a bad English person because I've never been there and the knowledge that I have of that area strictly comes from Harry Potter films. So I don't know. <laughs> I assume you all travel by flu. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm really sure. <laughs> yeah, very small blue cars that fly. Yeah. That's, that's what it's like. Yeah. Exactly. So you didn't, so you, you got, you were in Los Angeles during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was uh, I was working on the album actually when the pandemic started. I was about wow. three quarters of the way through it, so I just carried on with that, and then I wrote a book and you know did the artwork yeah. for the album. So I just I just I just carried on working. Really, you know, the busier you were, the 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 less weird it seemed. You know, it. I completely agree, and it almost feels like uh like a kind of detriment. Like I I feel like I have to be really careful when I talk to people. Like after like after we're coming out of it because i didn't have a terribly bad pandemic you know i got frustrated it sucked i couldn't tour but you know i started doing all of this stuff i kept extremely busy i started working on other things so yeah i i was just i just fucking kept busy yeah i feel guilty to honest you know I, I when it started you know things had been going quite well for me so i was in a pretty comfortable position mm -hmm. uh, you know financially for for a while um <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we got a pretty big house where the kids have got their own rooms and you know they've got nice. privacy if they wanted it uh, swimming pool in the back, back garden so mm -hmm. you know if you're gonna be locked down i i thought that we were in a really lucky position but i felt yeah. really awful you know you, you, the amount of people that were suffering yeah you know you, you feel guilty because you're not 
it, yep. you know, it, it's weird, I, I told but... no, I totally know what you mean. And it was kind of like one of those things where like you, I, you know, it, it felt weird because I tried to do, you know, I try to use my, you know, social media platform to do what, you know, to bring awareness to whatever is going on or, or throw some stuff up, but you still feel like you're not, you're a bystander because yeah. you're just, you're still eating normally. You're still going about your you know day pretty well. The only thing that yeah. drove me crazy was a little bit was not, um, was not performing because I, I I'm usually out on the road and that was kind of after maybe like six months I felt like I was supposed to be doing something all after that I was like oh my god like I feel like I should be out but I, I could you couldn't go out yeah this, this is the longest period that I've not played live since yeah uh, since I started actually but since I was what I don't know 18 right 19 and i'm really old now so that's a really long time <laughs> no, you're not you look great and and the craziest thing is too is like even like you know even when you people don't realize that performers even when they're sick unless you're like bedridden you still do your show you still go yeah. out you just yeah. take you know massive amounts of uh you know benadryl or whatever when you're on I, the road <laughs> i did one well i did i did one show once in bristol um in england and mm -hmm. and i was properly ill and so we had a bucket at the size of the stage and i would do it i would oh get through God. as many songs as i could mm -hmm. run off you know, be be sick back on again wow. giving it all <laughs> giving all that so you do you, you just kind of just keep going don't you yeah and, and the great that's the greatest thing people like i i had um the first time i ever got really really sick when i was on the road i had it, it was like um God, it must have been like four years ago. It was when there was like a really bad flu. When it was like whatever the one that was like killing 19-year-old bodybuilders, like that one. Right. So I'm on the road and I'm going, I'm driving to Michigan and like a blizzard hits. It was like the worst combination of everything, you know, that could possibly happen. Yeah. And I wound up feeling like I had a bit of a cold and it turned into like this raging flu. And when I got to the place I was staying, the people were like, you don't look good. And I was like, I'm fine. And then I literally wound up in the hospital like uh, like that day before my show was at night. And the people that were there were like, I kept telling them, I'm like, as long as I get out, I got a show at eight. And then they were like, <laughs> you have a hundred and two. I'm like, I, I know, but you got to get me out of here by <laughs> whatever. And I did, I went and did four shows, but it was the same thing where like on stage, I was fine. A minute I got off, I was like shivering with a cup of tea. Didn't mm -hmm. want anybody near me. Yeah. Uh, and I felt so bad because I, you know, like, do you, uh, I don't know, do you still meet people like after the show, like some of the audience and stuff like that? Or because comedy, like, you kind of have to see people. Uh, not so much after it now, but mm -hmm. before I, we have a meet and greet uh, for two hours okay. before each gig. Uh, that's easier for me. After it, I'm, I'm yeah. worn out. I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I would, yeah, that's a smart thing to do beforehand and not because like afterward, people still wanted to come up and I was like, for the love of God, please just stay away from <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to say that at the end of the set, like I'm really sick. Um, but it's yeah, just do a, little, do a little bit, you know, you do a little bit back in the dressing room or whatever, whatever. But yeah. I, don't, I, I used to go out to the bus, then I'd I'd often be out the bus maybe a couple of hours or so after the show, just signing everything for oh, everybody. Man. And that, yeah, but that, you know, that just got a bit much, really. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it got, oh, totally. One, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, and it'd be raining you know oh, it was it was just not the best thing to do so i i i stopped that and moved it to 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 pre-show which works a lot better yeah that's really smart that's a good idea um so i want to talk a little bit about when you because this is the craziest thing to you so you were torn between being a pilot or a or a pop singer at the time right 
Like yeah, I've, I've never, I, I didn't, that's, I, I've talked to a bunch of musicians, a bunch of people, and you're the only person I've ever talked to who had the, like, it's either like something artsy between something else that's artsy. And you were like, do I want to fly or do I want to sing? And you wound up being able to do both, which is amazing. How did you, <laughs> was it, was it like a, was it like a super hard choice? Like, cause it went from, uh, from what I read, I think it said like, because your, um, singing career took off first that's what made the decision for you do you think you would have uh, gone into being a full-time pilot otherwise well it wasn't quite like that actually i was at school oh, okay um and we had a careers talk so i would have i don't know i've been about f f 15 i got expelled from that school eventually but we had a careers okay. talk and why did you get said, expelled I, I they said i was the most troublesome pupil in 21 years of teaching <laughs> <laughs> well that's wow the problem was, I'm not proud of it, actually. I shouldn't laugh, but it's um, what, what happened was, before I got expelled, we had a careers talk, and mm -hmm. the, the man giving the careers talk said, amongst many other things, for all of those people that would like to be a pilot, only one in a thousand people ever get to be a, a pilot, which was actually rubbish advice and totally untrue. And it must have just plucked those figures from the air. But I didn't know that. I thought, oh, God, that's... And I looked around, and there was about a thousand people in the school, and mm -hmm. I was far from being the, the smartest in the school. So I thought, well, okay, that's that done then. So I'll be a I'll be a pop star instead, <laughs> with all the confidence, <laughs> with all the confidence of a teenager. You know, oh yeah, I I, I just do that instead. And that wow. and that was why I started getting into trouble because having decided that music was going to be my my thing, not not flying. Mm -hmm. Education became somewhat irrelevant to, to my sort of rather immature mind. And school yeah. just was at that from that moment on, school was getting in the way and I just wanted out of it. So I started to play up and behave really badly. They, they sent me to they sent me to a child psychiatric unit because I was so difficult. Wow. Um, uh, that's when I, that's when I found out I had Asperger's, actually. So, it, you know, there was a, a good side to it. That's, found I out I had ask. Asperger's. Yeah, well, that's how that, that's how I found out because I was sent to a psychiatrist because of the because of my problems at school. But then I got right. expelled. I went to went to another school. You know, same problem really. I had to leave that one, um, and eventually, you know, schooling was done for me, and I was on my off on my journey sort of into music. How did you handle the Asperger's diagnosis when you got it? Well, it didn't mean much to me really. I, I, I you know. It was be first of all. It was some years before that the the ultimate diagnostic criteria for Asperger's was, was actually established. So, oh, okay. and I, I I was being taken there by my mum because I was I don't know I was fifteen maybe I can't mm -hmm. remember for sure. And all I saw about it was just a way of getting out of school. You would spend a day in <laughs> London, right? You know, so I took it was great. So I wasn't really interested in what they were saying, and I really regret that. Now, I wish I'd been much more engaged in what was being said about me because it's had a, a lasting effect on my life. And unfortunately, my 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 mum took took the, the the sort of diagnosis as it was as as um she took it really badly. She seemed to take that as a as a as a sign that she was a, a bad parent, which she wasn't. Oh, no. and, and, right. and so we just stopped going you know they put me on they put me on two drugs uh valium and another one called nardil wow. for about a year um you know that was all right you kept, kept yeah. me calm. 
Right. Uh, and then it just sort of went away. You know, so I, I mean, I forgot all about Asperger's for a long, long time. And as I say, it was before the criteria was established anyway. So it, it wasn't that I was diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. I, it, it was sort of mentioned as being something. So I, I don't know when Asperger's first started to appear as, as a thing. Yeah, but, I don't either. You know, I sort of fell before it somehow. So I, I, I don't know. I wish I paid more interest in school. That's actually interesting, though, because I wonder if because it wasn't so like prevalent around in the society around then and because maybe you didn't pay too much attention to it, if you learn to naturally adapt to um, stuff that would wind up, you know, inhibiting somebody who knows a lot about it now. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of an interesting because yeah. it didn't did it, well, it didn't like really hinder you, did it in, in those times or do you think it did? Well, no, I don't, it does in some ways, but but mm. I think when it comes to a music career, a lot of the things that people would point out as being, would think of as disadvantages, I think in mm. the music career are actually very advantageous. They're, they're, they're That's useful. You know, yeah. obsessive tendencies, you know, hyper-focus, yep. the ability to sort of just push emotions to one side a little bit, you mm. know, just sort of plow it's like having a, a snow plow on your head just yeah. going through going through life you know yeah. <laughs> that's that's in a way we get rid of that, yeah. rid of that. <laughs> we're going that way so right a lot of those things are you know if you think about obsessive tendencies right mm-hmm. you know they talk about obsessive tendencies like like they're a bad thing but they're not right. always always a bad thing you know if you're if you're flying along in an airliner now you you want your pilot to be pretty obsessive about flying airplanes, yeah. You want that to be everything he thinks about, yeah. Yeah. So it's not always a bad thing. If you're obsessive about music career and 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 wanting to write songs and just you know have that is going to be your life, mm-hmm. then to be obsessive about it cannot be a bad thing, can it? it you know that's right. that is your life. What else is there to be obsessed about? Yeah. So I don't I don't see. Yeah, I, I wasn't very good. I didn't make friends easily. I, I found it really hard to keep friends. So that whole social interaction thing was a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would be, I would, I would sort of say, in a pro- I'm really, I'm brutally honest, and I have no filter. Mm-hmm. So you just say what's you see and what's on your on your mind. And so I learnt that was that was caused me problems you know so yeah. I, I learned i learned to modify that but i really got on top of it i think when i met my wife in 92 she has a brother that's got asperger's so she was really familiar with it and mm-hmm. she really helped me to recognize when i was being asperger's if that's wow. if that's a word yeah and it is now <laughs> um, but you no, know, when you recognize it you're mm-hmm. able to sort of navigate around it and and it really it helps it helps you fit in a little bit more um yeah. but but you're never really fixed you know you 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 do these things in a mechanical way sure. rather than being that like, like when i'm talking i i count how many seconds i i'm looking in somebody's eyes oh wow. no, no more than five no less than two any more than five this is my theory any more than five and i'm being a bit too intense you right know? right anything less than two and i'm not being interested enough so i'm counting all the time i'm talking person mm-hmm. to person i mean i'm counting which you know gets a bit tiring for a whole evening of it right right wow. yeah it's it's crazy because you know all the things you just said about pointing in the right direction like whenever i've talked to people you know um uh my one of my close friends and i would talk about like symptoms of ADHD, the more we become aware of it. I've never taken any kind of test for that kind of stuff. But, you know, as you become more aware of everybody's kind of 
you know, different symptoms or whatever. And I hate the idea of self-diagnosing, but you start to see patterns yeah. in yourself over the years. And it's like, oh my God, I do kind of fall in line between this stuff. And I always wonder what the difference would have been if I'd have been aware of some, some things at a younger age, instead of dismissing them and going, okay, I have to adapt and figure out how to live or survive and, and think that they were kind of like just things I had to get over or abnormalities instead of things that maybe I was uh, struggling with that could be better managed. But yeah. in the same way, you're right about the art side of it too, because I feel like if I wasn't this way, I wouldn't be so meticulous about notes, paper, comedy, you know, wanting to perfect something, staying up. Like I, I don't like um, leaving a project necessarily unfinished and I will stay up to fin I would rather sacrifice, you know, sleep or, and I sacrifice, you know, whatever, but like in, in order to get it done, I'll sleep better if I'm, if my brain's, you know, finished doing the thing I'm doing, but that's what makes the yeah. thing. And it's, it's kind of interesting that you had that same, you know, experience with it. And it's yeah. cool that you meet somebody who actually can kind of point it out though, too. Like you said, your wife was able to go like, yeah, yeah. this is, uh, this is what that is by the way. Cause then it even, I feel like you're able to do better things socially too. I'm pretty extroverted, but I'm also, um, extrovert like i there's there's a, a period of time where i'm extremely extroverted and i like doing a lot of the stuff but it's like i do burn out and after a while mm -hmm. i had to learn to be like you need to give yourself about a week where you're just not around your phone or whatever because if i don't then i get like <laughs> a little fucking nutty you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And, I, and i realize like oh i can't keep doing that but i but i know i can go for like longer periods of time but there's there's points where like, my friends will be like you need to take a break <laughs> step away from don't answer your phone for a week and just give it a rest like, i oh, think okay. it's so inspirational too because i feel like my ne my nephew actually was when he was diagnosed like with with his thing he was very similar that he'll be he would ask his mother like mom i don't understand why kids at school do this like he doesn't get it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. it just doesn't it's not in his train of like sight so she'll mm -hmm. explain to him well this is this is why this is this this is that so it I think it's super inspirational that you see so many people that are so accomplished like you, Gary. Like, it's amazing. And it's the kids need to know that it's not something that's going to stop them from being who they want to be. I actually I feel like I I connected with him fully. And I feel like I think it makes you even more empowered to do what you set your mind on. Because he like when he when he focuses, he hyper focuses. So he's excellent yeah. at what he's doing. But it's, it's, you know, Asperger's is very like social cue-ish. But I feel like mm -hmm. I never would have known if you did not state it. I would never have. I would never have said it. But I guess it's a conscious no. effort, so it's a different animal, right? Well, you know, people talk about um, Asperger's, for example, as being like a mental health issue, mm -hmm. like, you know, a, a mental health or a disability of some kind. And right. I think that's totally, totally the wrong way to look at it. And I can't speak for. A, everyone that's got it and it has its own range of severity obviously yeah. um and i do think that as you grow if you're aware of it you know Bruce would be right you you can adapt the way you behave you can learn how to how to be more appropriate and how to to you're not trying to disguise it but just trying to you know say sort of move around it but it isn't a disability i honestly don't don't think so it it is it's an exchange of skills it it yeah. gives you certain things that ordinary people don't have which are very very useful in mm -hmm. most situations in many situations and there is a small price to pay for that in my experience M my price is um you know the social interaction thing which i think is pretty common for asperger's yeah. people um any yeah. an, an emotional difference in the way you handle it doesn't mean you don't feel it 
but the mm -hmm. way you handle it is sometimes yeah. different. You know, I, I'm if somebody else is having an, an, an emotional time, I, I'm often not the best person to to deal with that. I, I don't feel it the way they feel it. I, I'm yeah. better because I know that I'm. You know, if somebody's upset, you're supposed to cuddle them. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll, I'll, all right then. But I'm, mm -hmm. I don't feel I don't feel that. That in the same way, it's not a natural thing. I, I know that I'm supposed to do that, right. and it makes and it makes things better, you know. But yeah. it's not it's not natural to to me to do that. So there mm -hmm. are the, you, know, you know that's the price you pay, you know, because that makes you know that often makes you not the ideal partner, for example, in certain situations. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, like I say, it's an exchange. You know, you, you get all this, and you yeah. give up a little bit of that. It's just like, it's like paying a price for for buying something good. <laughs> right. And it's, yeah. inter it's interesting the way you say that, though, too, because I think the more people talk about it and the more people communicate about those things, you know, it makes it easier to understand, like, you know, like you just said, like, you know what to do and now you try to do it as opposed to, um, you know, avoiding that kind of situation. And it also makes other people on the outside go, OK, that's not what he's the best at, but he's trying or he's working mm -hmm. or whatever. So that way they don't, because I feel like without that, people are just like, man, this guy's a real dick. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. And, yeah. and I think if people got yeah. used to talking about what makes them comfortable and what makes them, you know, a function in a society, it'd be a lot easier. Instead yeah. of just assuming, it's not always like, I, I try not to assume that somebody's just being an asshole. I'm like, maybe this guy's just not good or maybe that person's <laughs> just not whatever. You know, I have friends who cannot for the life of them, and this has been even before social media, uh, make a phone call ordering pizza. They cannot talk to the pizza guy. And I always felt, I was like, I got it. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I just, it, it almost felt like an odd superpower, but there's shit that they do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because one of my friends was like, uh, oh my, I can't think of how he put it, but it's so funny because we were like working on a bit about it. But just basically like um, how, how, you know, because I grew up, uh, my friends and I basically grew up. We're like the elder millennials, I think they call us, which, by the way, I almost resent. But, um, <laughs> but like, because I had, you know, I had cassette tapes when I was a kid and then CD players and I didn't have the Internet. But I then I grew into it as opposed to either growing up with it or without it completely. So I'm in the I'm in the middle of that. But I like I like when people show up to my house randomly and I don't mind answering a door and I love talking on the phone <laughs> or like if somebody calls and it's like now we're living in a time where that is unheard of. And he was just like, you have a weird dis like advantage where it's like <laughs> no one's doing any of that. Like when I call somebody on the phone, they're kind of like, hey, uh, everything OK or <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the other way. I, I, yeah, are I, you? I, I I've done some really mental things actually. I I, <laughs> I, I dropped my wife off at the airport once, mm -hmm. and on the way on the way back, about you know within about twenty minutes dropping off, got a flat tire, oh. and I I can't ring AAA. I, I, so oh, I, wow. I rang I rang my wife uh -huh. who was still who was getting on the plane and said, "Can you can you ring AAA and tell them where I am? Because I, I no way I'm talking on the phone to anyone." Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and I I I can't order food. I, I'm I'm in a hotel now. Mm -hmm. And I have I've been in this hotel many times, starving, because I won't pick up the phone to order some room service. And wow. now they they put in a pad, and you can do it on a oh, pad. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that's amazing for me. <laughs> yeah, I can eat. You know? <laughs> oh, you know what? Next time you're in that position, just text me the number of the hotel, and, you're, and, I'll, and I'll do it. I'll call it. I got no problem. <laughs> I'll take you up for that. I'll get you exactly what you need.
<laughs> I would, that'd be so great if I was like in the middle of the show. I'm like, guys, hang on two seconds. Gary Newman needs me to order him dinner. I just gotta, <laughs> I gotta take this. <laughs> oh, that'd be an honor. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's just crazy. But that's cool though too, because like you said, like you're you were doing, you know, uh, you wound up did you wound up actually getting your pilot's license, and that that attention I think to detail, like you said, you have must make you, you know, because you flew around the world. You well, you attempted it once and then got arrested in india because yeah. they thought you were a spy <laughs> yeah and a smuggler we and a smuggler you got arrested how? on suspicion of smuggling and spying yeah how do you explain your way out of that oh it was ridiculous I, it, <laughs> do you know what the the, the the smuggling thing was because <laughs> i had i had two watches on two right so and they were cheap watches. Those ones you get at, at a gas station, you know, like one ninety nine. Not even good watches. Was it a swatch one, from like? It was something. Yeah, something like that. You know, but I, it was a, a Texaco free. I don't know. It was, it was yes, rubbish. Uh, yeah, it was, I know. Yeah. So I've got I've um, I've got to India. So we've flown all the way from Britain, you know, mm. uh, to India. We end up in India. Um, we're flying across to Thailand. We have some real trouble with the motor, and it's running really ragged. Thought we were going to go down in the ocean. It was really scary. Wow. We get back to this little place called Vaisakha Patnam, and that's when it all starts going wrong. So, you know, we get the smuggling thing. I said, you honestly, honest to God, you think I've flown all the way from London to here in India to smuggle a watch, a cheap <laughs> one? <laughs> it's, it's, cost me, it's, you know, it's cost me like 10 grand in fuel to get here to smuggle. <laughs> A one ninety nine watch? Are you mental? <laughs> so, didn't didn't like that. And then what? And then what's that? The the spying bit was was um we had a I had a, a, a big stills camera, you know, because we're flying around the world, we're taking yeah. pictures, and I had a sixteen millimeter movie camera at the time, little fairly mm -hmm. compact movie camera. They thought that was highly suspicious as well, and I said, well, you know, why are you doing it? I said, well, I'm a singer, you know, I've stopped touring temporarily. Um, this is an adventure. You know, I've got an album coming out. This is a good way of talking about the album. And mm. he and he said, well, if, if you're famous, then where are your, your press cuttings? As, as though you carry them with you everywhere you go. <laughs> I haven't got them with me. I don't even collect them. Oh, my God. I don't even uh, collect them. Imagine the so, level of narcissism <laughs> to travel with a scrapbook of your press clippings. Actually. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. This is me. <laughs> yeah, right. So that... that we were there for four days and then wow. they let us go uh they impounded the airplane so we had to leave the airplane behind and then we went to calcutta where i, I was rescued supposedly by a british newspaper because they they like to rescue people uh, <laughs> and that, 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 that was fascinating actually because the, the journalist said um mother Teresa, you remember mother Teresa? Mm -hmm. yeah um she lives not far from here she said let's go and see her so, you can't just go and see Mother Teresa. So, I think you can. I said, all right. So, so we, we get in this little rickshaw thing and we, we drive around to Mother Teresa's, this door in mm -hmm. this big, long wall. And, and I knocked on the door and a, and a nun answered it. And I said, is it all right if we speak to Mother Teresa? Just thinking she'd laugh in my face at some door. And right. she went, yeah, okay. It, no, we're not quite that way. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing and disappeared for a minute or two and honest i swear to you my life mother Teresa turned up shook everybody's hand said you know hello 
and and then wandered off. Yeah, she's obviously used to it. She had a a, a, a sort of format, of, you know, be very official, right. and then then disappearing. But she came to the she came to the door. But I couldn't believe it. Did you wow. ask her for proof of her press clippings to make sure it was actually her? <laughs> uh, oh, I should have done. Should have, yeah. <laughs> like before we go any further. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you are, uh, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. It was a lovely experience, sir. It was. It's really cool. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, "That's got to be the most insane thing," especially because of the time. No cell phones. You're in a you're in a you know a country you've never been to before. Your plane's not working. Like the mm. amount of shit that was going on there, and then plus you're accused of smuggling and spying. That's hilarious. Oh, it's worse than that. They they I forgot that they they asked if we were taking. I said about the the the, the, the spying thing. I said, "What are we spying on?" You know, they said, "Well." <laughs> Well, what, did you take photographs of the of the Russian submarine base? I said, "What are you talking about? In, in, this is India." He said, "He told me, told me where it was." Said, I know, I know. You're like, now you just gave it away. Yeah, he said, twenty miles south of here." So, why are you telling me? Yeah, you have to be a secret, isn't it? And then the the. There's a really, really mad thing. There was something else. Like there was an aeroplane there that they accused us of spying on. That they make in Britain. You can tour the factory, you know. And then they, <laughs> they, they, um, they put us in this. Like, they called it a hotel, but it was grim, really grim. Oh. But they, they put us up in this place, and they were every sort of like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. The doors would bang open. They'd come in with guns. It was really mm -hmm. heavy. You know, why are you here? I've told you I am here. <laughs> Took our passports away. Uh, but the mad thing was, where they put us up, all the other people in it were Russians, Russian families. So oh, they man. put us in the place that all the families live in this base <laughs> that I'm not allowed to spy on. You know, oh, that's super secret then, isn't it? Oh, my God. That's hilarious. How have you not made a movie about this topic? Just the whole that's hilarious. That one thing alone was worth a move, isn't it? It was, yeah. it was so. It would have been funny. It's funny now because I'm looking right. back at it, and I'm I'm sitting in a in a safe hotel. But right. when you're there, it, yeah. when you're there, it, it was not funny at all. It was really frightening, and they were really heavy and really aggressive. And wow! At what at one point, the the, the airport manager actually let us go. Uh, mm -hmm. Because there was no immigration and customs people there, he let us go after an hour or so, and then he got in trouble because he apparently wasn't allowed to let us go. And they started looking <laughs> at, at rule books, and which rule book had the most recent date on it? Honestly, oh my God. And and he got fired because his rule book said that he could let us go. He had the authority to. Their rule book, which was a few years more recent, said that he didn't have the authority. So he got fired there and then in, in oh front of us. Oh my God. And then they blamed me. They, they they said, it's your fault. I said, what? How is it my fault? He said, yeah. he said well, you're British. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, well, you gave us all these rule books in the first place. These are British <laughs> rules. How was that my fault? I'm oh, like, my God. I'm 21 years old. Just not my fault. <laughs> oh, man. Like you wrote the book. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah I had yeah. an input. Every British citizen gets an input, gets yeah. to put a rule in the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Impressive. That is insane, man. That's so, that's a great story. You're right. It's a great story now, but at the time, holy shit. And then, yeah, I, so, I was really scared. Really scared. Oh, yeah. I can, I can imagine, man. I mean, I've only, I, I've never been 
any anywhere near any of that. The only thing I ever ever did was my friends and I were protesting when we were nineteen. Uh, my friend and I, we we thought there was going to be more people there. There wasn't. Um, and we got, uh, <laughs> we were the only two that showed up with signs and shit and this whole, this whole rally. And we were like, Oh, okay. I was like, right at it. We were like freshmen in college. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And we wound up getting detained by secret service. So no, that I was really. the only thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got dragged out of this convention center. We w- we were outside doing it. And then somehow we wound up getting inside, which was a mistake on their part. <laughs> Why would you let us in? Uh, I mean, it's really their fault. <laughs> we, we, we had the signs. I mean, um, and then, uh, yeah. And we wound up, we wound up getting, uh, uh, I had noticed that it was like, it all happened very like in slow motion because uh, like when we, when it was about to happen, I noticed that like two dudes who were, they were basically dressed down had like flanked me and my friend. And I was just kind of looking at, I'm like, they're not dressed like they're from my town. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that looks a little odd. And they were being like really aggressively, like, you know, whatever. And I was like, that's fucking weird as shit. And then uh, two seconds later, after we had pulled out like another sign and shouted something, it was just grabbed us, cuffed us. We made it into the paper. It was nice. I still have it. I still have it. It was great. And to this day, my friend's parents have no clue what happened because we stole every newspaper in the cul-de-sac he lived in. Uh, and then I drove him back to college, like at like eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he was like, you got to take me back. And I was like, all right, I'm coming. And we just had a, a car filled with newspapers. <laughs> but that's, that's insane. But so then you did actually wind up flying. You actually did do a, a whole, uh, a flight around the world and stuff, right? You actually yeah. wound up happening. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. the second attempt. We went the other way around. The second attempt, um, <laughs> Iceland. But, but no, we had to. You had to because of the the the, on, the oncoming winter. Oh, okay. Meant, meant that you know it sort of governed which way you went around. But right. yeah, it, it was it was a, an, an amazing thing to have done. Actually, it was that's pretty awesome. pretty frightening. Much of it, you know, the airplane's really heavy and you're flying through right. some bizarre weather, long ocean. You know, we had a double engine failure over the over the Pacific. Oh my you god! Thought, thought we were going into the Pacific. That was that was horrific. But yeah, no, it was. It's an it is. It's an adventure. You, you know, you're, yeah. you're out there. You're out there a little bit. Really glad to have done it. Never do it again. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be one of those things you only do once. <laughs> and then you like check it off your list. One and a, one and a yeah. half times. One and a half times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to finish it. You can't do it just once. Yeah. Um, and so I want to. So who were your like? Did you have uh, like like strong musical influences when you were starting? Like uh, that you kind of people that you emulated in the beginning, or did you just kind of? Because I know you kind of fell into the look and stuff that you had. Um, you said uh, in one interview that it was like an hour before you were going on stage, they had like thrown a bunch of makeup on your face, and then because there was so much, they put like the uh, like they black darkened your eyes or whatever, and then it became this cult thing. Yeah, I I I I lie a little bit about she sometimes. Okay, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it depends who I'm talking to and whether I whether I you know, tell the truth or not. The, the truth the truth is that the all the songs from that particular album when I was mm-hmm. called Replicas, uh, mm-hmm. and they all started out as short stories. They were short science fiction stories about okay. what I thought London London would become in 50, 50 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a there were um, uh, like robotic sort of machines with cloned human skins that were called Mac men. Mm-hmm. And, and they would, they would do this test. Anyway, anyway, I, when I, when I got to, right. to actually go on TV and for the first time, I, I looked like one of these Mac men, one of these creatures, 
the characters like you know that I'd created in the mm -hmm. stories and then turned into music. Um, now the, 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 where the, the makeup really came into it was Mac men had perfect skin mm -hmm. and I didn't, I really didn't at that, at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I was always going to have a little bit of white makeup anyway, to make me look a little bit more sort of robotic with, with the eyes, right. a bit like you know, the, the clockwork orange thing, but with both eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I just needed a whole lot more of it because my skin went, my skin was pretty bad. So <laughs> it ended up, it ended up being a little bit more than I'd intended um so yeah you know it's partially true partially because of terrible skin lots of makeup but, but also i actually was going to do that anyway just not to that level right one of one of my favorite songs is me that you have i i love right. that song and it's i i just love that it's about i mean and correct me if i'm wrong but what what the gist of it is it, it is about those mac men right and basically like an a it's basically ai that winds up um destroying humanity and he's the only one left right is that kind of the yeah, no, he, he doesn't destroy it. But you, you know, there's there's endless amounts of love songs about you know the last person on the world and all, yes, and all that sort of thing. Uh, and I just wondered, you know, at some point in the future when we have you know, artificial intelligence machines that can feel, mm -hmm. you know, the most likely thing would actually be the machine would be the last thing, and I'd not, you know, come the apocalypse. Right. And people would be gone and there would be a machine there. And I wondered what it would feel like to be the last machine, you know, mm -hmm. unable to die, yeah. totally alone, you know, nothing else at all. And so I, I, I wrote some ME stands for mechanical engineering. That's what it, that's what that it was right. about. Yeah. yeah and, but and that, that I, was I mean, pretty much, I think that's pretty much the last science fiction song I ever wrote, actually. Right. A long time. Yeah. Ago. And it's, it's beautiful song, though, too, because it, I like, it just describes the loneliness so well. And you've got the synth music that's kind of very, it's like like it's haunting in a way because you kind of like it just paints the picture so well of like this cold machine but who's able to feel and doesn't know what to do. and also just because of how well it stood the test of time because we are heading in that direction like people are discussing <laughs> the benefits and there's robots dancing and opening doors and you know police are using uh, robots you know, and i'm just like I just listen to that song now and I'm like, Ooh, we're close. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more likely than it was back then, isn't it? Yeah, now. yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> There's so much I feel, I feel like too, like technology wise from back then that they, they predicted hilariously that did not come to pass. Like we don't, but a lot of it, like, I mean, iPhones and like all that other shit, they're basically like, you know, Star Trek level communicators and, um, you know, it's kind of a weird thing, but I do like looking back and kind of seeing stuff that just never that they thought we were going to have that never came to pass, like any yeah. kind of tubes that transport people, <laughs> like none of that. I mean, we have well, I guess some, yeah, yeah, yeah. hyperloop, hyperloop. That's right. But we don't in America, yeah. we don't have that yet, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they don't want us getting anywhere <laughs> in any kind of time. <laughs> they like to they like to build that aggression on the four hundred five in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll keep Amtrak running, them they? <laughs> <laughs> you guys we, we're still using horses so i don't know i mean you're in la you know you get it uh, <laughs> um so that's so are you are you heading back out on tour like anytime <clears throat> soon or, or do you think you're gonna go do it start doing how's the how's it looking like the road and stuff because you got the new album um yeah. and uh and are you gonna be going out on the road again well uh, we, we just filmed on friday actually we, we just filmed uh, a, a non-audience show in um, oh nice this was west of London. That's going to go as a streamed event on uh, June seventeenth, I think. So that's kind of a, a small step towards 
live again. But but my next tour is actually uh, going to be a US uh, Canada tour, North American tour, which nice. would, if it goes ahead, starts uh, mid mid September. But you, you know, it, it, we're not sure yet, are we? Whether it's whether we're going to be no. ready for that. So we're we're going to we're going along as if mm -hmm. it's going to happen. You know, my band is still British, so I don't have to get visas for them to come into America. But m mm -hmm. most of the road crew are, are American still. Um, so we're we're just going going along. You know, if it happens, fantastic. If it doesn't, very disappointing. But we're yeah, you know, we're not sure. There's another mm -hmm. British tour next April, May. Well, you know, a year, a year. From, God, that's a long way, wasn't it? A year from yeah. now. <laughs> you know, that obviously feels a little bit more certain to, to happen. Yeah, it's 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 been really depressing. You know, when you you know to join a band, that's that's it's not just a job. You know, it's, mm. it's a it's a life choice. You know, you right. choose to spend much of your life touring the world. You know, going on stage. And, you know, that's what you want from your life. That's mm -hmm. why you're you're here. So for it not to be there. It's as if a, a significant part of your life, your reason for, for breathing, in a way, is, is sort of taken away from you. Yeah. Uh, and it, 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 I missed it far more than I expected. I, initially, I thought, "Oh, great! You know, I've got a few months. I can hang about with the kids at home. That'd mm -hmm. be cool. You know, yeah. more than more than usual. Um, got you know, plenty of time to make the album. Mm -hmm. And then it just dragged on and dragged on, and and I really started to to be bothered by it. Although, having said that. Uh, out of my my family, I've got I've got three daughters, wife and and me. I, I'm the only one that's not really sort of cr crumbled somewhat. What has been going mm -hmm. on? I'm meant to I'm meant to be the quirky one. I've got to just I just kind of just sailed through it a little bit. You know, I'm I'm still very together, and I'm I'm sort of mm -hmm. dealing with it all properly. All my children uh, have had different having different kinds of you know issues I've got you know, depression anxiety disorders yeah. crept into one of them yeah they've really this this last few months have been really really hard on them but they're mm -hmm. you know they're the age 17 15 14 they should be out you know they yeah. should be out meeting boys you know doing all those things that i'm going to shout at them for but don't really care <laughs> <laughs> you know. that's perfect um, and they're not, you know, they're stuck at home with with me, you know, and yeah. get getting moaned at because they they was late for their Zoom class. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, it's not what life is supposed to be, right? So I can understand why it's had a, a much more sort of um, bad effect on them compared to me. Yeah, but yeah, I, we are we are getting there. We're all vaccinated now, so okay. Yeah. yeah, same. I just got. I'm all fully vaccinated. My first show, um, God, in a year and a half is going to be uh, this week. It's Wednesday in New York. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, but also slightly like, like, oh, I'm going to suck. <laughs> 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 like, I know it in, in like my, I can, I can fucking feel it. <laughs> so I'm just like, what? like, I, I don't know, like, like, as it's gotten closer in my brain, I'm just like, what are you doing? Just curl into a ball and stay home <laughs> like you will. And I, but I'm, I'm, I'm going just going to It's do really it. common though, isn't it? Really, really common. People are having anxiety about mm -hmm. going back to the life that they've been missing. Yeah, they no longer. People are worried about communicating with, you know, a lot of the the, the mums and dads at school, for example, that my, mm -hmm. the school my kids go to, uh, are all they're all sort of talking to each other and they're all really worried about going back and just chatting at yeah. the school. You know, that, well, welcome to my life. 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but I yes, yeah. I completely th- there was a lot of stuff in the beginning of the pandemic that when when, you know, cuz I like I'd suffered through with depression like most of my life and, you know, waves of it either it being really horrible to, you know, mild or getting under control or whatever. And when this hit, I actually felt of use to friends who I know have never dealt with cuz they were like Oh, like in the beginning, you know what I mean? Like when this was all happening, yeah. I was like, I got yeah. like, what do you need? Oh my God, like I can, I can help you deal with like whatever, because I felt like that sometimes where like, I was like, yeah, sometimes I just did stay in and, and didn't want to go anywhere or, you know, and, and the, and the performing thing is like, I never wanted to sit at a desk and I love doing this because I get to talk to people like yourself. I've never met before who I, I admire greatly and it's awesome. And, but like the, I miss driving for hours and going to a hotel I've never been to and packing and unpacking stuff but but now getting back out it still feels it's just it just feels like it's fucking weird i don't know how to you know <laughs> I, I can't even like the you know i don't know it is it's just so weird i'm having i was talking to uh, another comic about having like a, a like a post-pandemic funk thing where like all the stuff i've been doing pre-pandemic to keep my you know career afloat and keep positive or whatever I've now had to combine with all the stuff that was happening before it. So it's just nothing's there's, there's no separate, you know, I I haven't been able to separate it yet and I don't know how to do it. So I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just burning out. (laughs) I think at the end, in that I was like, I just break down on air. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I pass out, desk hits the table. Yeah, I think it's going to, it's going to be difficult. I think all of us, are going to have to readjust and, and ease our way, and it's not going to be like tomorrow everything's right back to normal again. It, it, it's going to it's going to slowly come back. We're going to have to sort of readjust, maybe on multiple levels, as, as we find our way back to where we were before. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't quite know how it's going to work out, but I'm, I'm looking forward to to starting trying. I know that. Yes, exactly why Fair I'm up. headed it. Like like at first, like I started booking shows that were out like in advance because you know all the like you're like you said yourself you're going out in september a lot of the shows that i started to book are september october november december and in my head i was like oh good there i don't have to think about it just yet (laughs) and then of course now that masks restrictions are being lifted and plays are opening and i live in a short town they're like hey do you want to do a show with the thing and i'm like yes but also (laughs) no (laughs) yeah no but maybe i don't know it's just been a it's just been a hell of a thing um yeah so uh another thing i was covering a couple of things about the album i wanted to ask um is there so how how long did it take like during covid did it kind of interrupt the flow of the process or were you like it, it just was smooth sailing like what, what was it like were you working with anybody on the music and stuff did you have to adjust to it what was that like no, it's pretty seamless, actually. I mean, I'd, I'd done most of it before COVID, about seventy-five percent, okay. maybe before. Oh, okay. Before COVID hit, um, and I work with it. There's an Eng- an English producer that I use, so we we exchange files. We never actually work in the in the same room together. Oh. We just exchange files from LA to where he lives in England mm-hmm. and back and forth. You know, talk a lot on FaceTime and you know talk about things that way. Um, so when the pandemic hit, I, mean, I, I just I just carried on. You know, we go out in the morning, I go out to the studio. Mm-hmm. Do my thing, come in at night. What what was different? What, what you know, weekends. I always keep weekends free to be with the children and, and do family stuff. Mm-hmm. You know that wasn't happening. Obviously, we stuck stuck at home. Um, but th- yeah, that that was that was it really. And then I I just carried on and got the album finished. I, I wrote a book, and then I did all the artwork for the album. And then by then the book was out, so I started doing promo for the book. Mm-hmm. And then when that was finished, 
bit of, bit of time at Christmas, you know, yeah. at home. And then then they, then all the singles started coming out, doing the videos for the for the record, and it, it just carried on. Yeah, it, it just worked all all the way through it. That's awesome. And, uh, and it was great I mean, in, in that it kept me busy and yeah. you're, you're busy head. You're not thinking about all this other stuff as much as you, you would normally. But so I wasn't, I wasn't dwelling on it. I wasn't dwelling right. how, how much had been taken away, how much of my normal life wasn't there because mm -hmm. it's not there as much anyway, when I'm really deep into an album or doing another project. Right. So I mean, when I go back now, um, I, I would notice it more because it's, I'm going back to a relatively quiet period now. But mm -hmm. you know things are getting very much closer to normal anyway, so I probably won't notice it. Do you right. know what I, mean? I, I think being busy was just the best thing, best thing that could have happened for me for sure. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things I like to ask people who are on is if you had a, like a, a piece of advice that you've learned over the years now that you could give to your younger self, if you could go back and just be like, hey watch out for this what would it be uh, I, I, it sound like i'm being s silly but the best bit of advice i could give to anybody is don't listen to advice nice uh, so honest to god I, mm -hmm. I absolutely i absolutely mean that and i know that for a fact because i was i was very much like that for the first t 10 years mm -hmm. uh, and then you know the career started to go bad and i was really struggling i ran out of money i got into debt and couldn't give records away for for a few years and I lost all confidence on my own judgment, my own decision-making, because everything I was doing was going wrong. And I started to listen to advice, which mm. is the worst thing that I could have done. And it just went, yeah, if it was wow. going bad before, it was like falling off a cliff. You lose all sense of yourself, you know, your own your own sound, your own identity, what, what you want to write about, even down to the way you look. You just taking all this advice in because you're struggling to, to mm -hmm. know what to, to, to do. And it was a, the worst thing I could have done. And then 94, 93, 94, I went back to the way I was before. Didn't listen to anyone. I'm just going to do my own thing. And every album since then has done better than the one before, wow. right up to today, you know. So, you know, I, I know it sounds like I'm being a little bit stupid, but it really is good advice. If, if you've got your own ideas and your own mm -hmm sense of purpose and where you're going just stick with it man don't listen to anyone you, you're you're going to be surrounded by experts that have never done it yeah all these yeah. people that know better than you that have never actually done it themselves don't listen to them don't you know, mm -hmm. you know the world is full of experts that sit on their armchairs and they're absolutely subtle with their life you're out there doing it you're doing it you know so mm -hmm. just have some faith in yourself and just go the way that you see it and don't listen to anybody i love that Thank you. That was great. Um, and did you have a particular moment, maybe, when you were starting out that you that you felt like you made it? Was there a particular, like, you know, um, like a moment on stage where it all all like crystallized for you? Like, holy shit! Like, I'm doing what I love. Like, do you, you remember that at any point? Well, I got a phone call saying I was number one. That's oh, okay. pretty. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that, oh, that was pretty be. good. Yeah. I kind yeah. of got the drift then that things had gone quite well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who was who was the phone call from? Was it your manager? Uh record. I didn't have a manager. It was a record company man. Oh, if, okay. What he actually what he actually said was, "You've done it." That's all he said. Oh, You've done it because it wow. had been you know building to it for for a few months. Yeah, so that was a pretty pretty cool experience actually. But you know the weird thing is, nothing nothing changes in that moment. I was I was mm -hmm. I was with my mum and dad, 
and the phone call came into their house. And so I answered the phone. I went, oh, yeah, you be, you know, put the phone down. And I went, went back in and we were watching some, I don't know, like, I don't know, Magnum PI. I can't remember what it was, but some, <laughs> some TV show. And I just went back in and, and said, hey, number one, brilliant. He went, oh, well done. And just said, carried on watching the telly. <laughs> nothing, oh, that's... nothing was different. Yeah, you know, there was Beautiful. No, no money, you know, the same house. There wasn't any a long line of supermodels lining up at the tour. <laughs> nothing, nothing was different. It was exactly the same. So you just kind of accept it and absorb it and just carry on. Right. You know, think this English thing in it, you know, be calm and carry on. That's what I did. Yeah. Carry on. That's, that's fucking awesome. Um, and so one of you one of your new songs, uh, I guess the theme of it is how the earth must feel. Was that uh, was that already like so? You did this. You you said you got seventy five percent of it done for the most part before the pandemic hit. Was yeah. that a last edition, or do you just have some kind of precognition that none of us have <laughs> for like uh, uh, you know? Because it's incredible. It was it was a, a, a bizarre coincidence. Yes, I, when I, I was writing Amazing. about the planet, and mm-hmm. and beyond that, I mean, I was within the story that I was writing, the way the Earth feels about what what we're doing to it. Right. At the moment, there was the there was the, the the idea that the Earth was not only angry, and disappointed, and sad, and disillusioned, and betrayed, and all those things, mm-hmm. but that it, it it would see a need to fight back, that it would identify us as a problem, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know this sort of golden child that it, we would have been for thousands of years before, but the Earth was giving us everything we needed, and we were all very sort of harmoniously working with it, mm-hmm. and then we become so populous. We become an infestation, and then we start to damage it and and just gouge away at it with no regard for it, and so it must become disillusioned, disappointed, angry. Mm-hmm. Got to fight back. Have to fight back. So there was already this idea in the album that the Earth would fight back in in some way, and then COVID happens, and you think, there you go, yeah, there you go, and so it begins. Mm-hmm. You, you know. And and so I, there is a song in the album called The Gift, which is about COVID specifically, mm-hmm. but it's the earth talking about it as if it's a weapon. Yeah, you know? right. but it's very sarcastic. It, you know, initially it says, "You know, do you like the gift? It would take your breath away." Mm-hmm. And then it, as the song progresses, it progresses, it gets more more aggressive, more heavy, and more obvious of what the earth is actually talking about. And it's that you know, it's blatantly clear at the end of it. It wants us all gone, all yeah. of us. You know. And it, it, yeah, it, it was just, it was weird. It was weird to, to have spent a fair amount of time, you know, a year or so working on the record, talking about that sort of thing for it mm-hmm. to actually happen in the, in the real, you know, and the earth gets plunged into this global pandemic and people are dying and it's just horrific right. everywhere, you know, still is obviously in certain parts yeah. of the world. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was weird actually. And it really tragic way as well. I mean, I take no, sure pleasure in 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 doing something that coincided with covid right at all, at all. it was it's been a horrible experience for so many um, so many people but yeah it was part of it yeah no it is incredible man and it's a it's one of those things where like i feel like you know people have felt almost the same way you know the way you describe in the song but the, what the earth is doing and stuff and uh and then to have us all experience that at the same time this is the first i mean when you think about it it's the first time the entire world has gone through the same thing and tried to work its way out of it at the same time and it's just uh, i mean it, it's 
you know, it's incredible that you wound up writing about it. And, you know, like you said, you know, obviously no one would take any pleasure in it, but at the same time, it's nice to have, uh, somebody else, especially in the arts, who's like, Oh, okay. We're all thinking the same thing here because it seemed like, you know, for a while we were heading in a bad direction <laughs> and then just have it kind of crystallized in that way. Yeah. Well, I think you know, if the album can do anything, it, it will, it just adds it adds a, a small level of noise to obviously a much much larger conversation, mm -hmm. and I think if you can if you can do anything, it can you know just make people think about what we're doing. You mm -hmm. recognize you know climate change for what it is that it is a genuine issue. You know it's yeah. not a fake and it's not a hoax and it's not all those ridiculous things. You know it, it's and we are you know we are living in a science fiction fantasy. Mm -hmm. a science fiction horror film you know the end of the world is coming for real yeah. you know what what an amazing time to be alive mm -hmm. in a way yeah. right you know yeah. and 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 here we are and this is it and it, mm -hmm. and something has to be done and half the world doesn't even believe it's real right yeah. if as as a as a citizen of the world you know someone that's aware and, and mm -hmm. looking around and that writes songs for a living mm -hmm. What else is there to write about at, at right. the moment? Really, you know, this is the biggest thing going on. This, you know, it's going to affect me, my kids, my grandkids, mm -hmm. everybody on the planet is, yep. is affected yeah. by it. So, you know, I, I, I but I, I must, I must point out be, before I finish on that one, mm -hmm. I, I'm not a champion. You know, I'm, I'm not a good messenger. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have one electric car and three that aren't. Right. You know, I, I flew to Britain on a plane. I'll fly back to America on, on a plane. I, mm -hmm. You know, if people want to sort of throw stones at me for not having the correct credentials for mm -hmm. being a, an eco person, you're going to win, man. You know, you're going right. to get me screw in the face every time. I'm a terrible messenger, but that doesn't mean that the message isn't spot on and and correct. You right. Know, yeah. you know, shoot, shoot me if you if you like, because I I, I will. F I'm a dismal messenger of this particular thing, but it doesn't make it less true what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That's a, it's a great way to put it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that recognizing recognizing the problem and acknowledging it is the first step. So you don't necessarily have to be completely clean in the beginning, but you just have to realize that something needs to occur. And then I think yeah. if everybody starts realizing that, you know, one car is better than one electric car is better than no electric cars. And then two is yeah. even better than that. And it's this progression <laughs> into, you know, yeah. right. It's and a start. It's a start. Yeah. And there's only so much people can do individually. Like I, you know, I'm all for this. I'm for the same thing. I obviously feel strongly about the environment and, and global, you know, climate change and all other stuff. But, uh, you know, there's people who go way too far where they want you to live your life like, you know, uh, with every inconvenience possible because, but, and at the same time, you're like, there's no way, there's no way I can't not have a, uh, you know, a plastic water bottle when they give it to me when I'm on a thing, because, you know, you don't want to be that guy who's like only glass or, <laughs> you know, or whatever, like I got a drink, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that they'll nitpick individual people and be like, here's so-and-so with a plastic bottle, but he was talking about, you know how bad the planet is it's like yeah, yeah circumstantially but also it's the government you know if we could get our government to move on you know on stuff on a larger scale it'd be so much better i think that's the thing i mean the changes required are of fundamental 
changes and and how we use energy, how we source energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not me not getting on the plane to fly to England, and I know people right. are going to go, oh, "It is," but <laughs> I, 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 I just think it, it it's actually a much much bigger mm-hmm. issue than that. And yeah. yes, we we should all be doing what we can. But I think it's wrong to be sort of throwing stones at people because they're not as eco as you are or as that right. person is, you know. Um, but and because as much as we can do about it, you know, if the if the larger if the people in charge, if these larger corporations, if these governments don't fully get behind it, and there's not going to be a whole lot anybody can do because when you think about it. Over the years, as much as people have been aware of it, as much as individuals have made changes, you know, incrementally or drastically in their lives, we're still headed down the toilet. So yeah. obviously it needs to happen on a, you know, on a global level that is that is done with governments and corporations and these plants and all that other stuff first. And then yeah. you can start criticizing, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, individuals for not, if, you know, if everybody else is operating cleanly and there's one asshole eating a burger, then I'm like, all right, buddy, you know, yeah. it's you. <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank dude. Uh, it's been an hour and I want to keep, I know you got a heart out, so I don't want to keep you any longer, but, uh, thank That's you right. so, so much. This has been, uh, incredible, a great conversation and a joy for me. I hope you had a good time too. Yeah. Great fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for yeah, having no me. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dystopia tonight.